What do you think of when I mention the name Justin Bieber? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the Family's weekly conversation about all things entertainment and technology. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about singer Justin Bieber, whose latest album just debuted at number one. This former teen idol has been through a lot in the last 13 years. Yes, it's been 13 years 13 since, years, since Justin showed up on the scene. And we're going to unpack Justin's thoughts about faith, marriage, intimacy, and mental health, and why those are so resonant in 2020. We'd love for you to join the conversation as well, so be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. Tell us what you think of what we have to say about Justin Bieber today. So joining me in our conversation today are... Emily Clark. Paul Acey. Jonathan McKee. All right. So for our icebreaker today, uh, we're going to talk about teen idols. Obviously, Justin is just the latest in a long, long, long string of teen idols. And I did some research on this. Do you know who the first teen idol is? This is not the icebreaker. This is a bonus question. Ooh. The first teen idol. Yeah. Mozart. <laughs> no. Right. That was just, a really uh, just trying. out of the box guess. No, Frank Sinatra is really considered the first mm. teen idol. So it goes back to, you know, the late 30s and early 40s. So I want you to think back to your teen years. For some of us, we're going to be rewinding the tape further than others. Uh, you know, the fact that I mentioned rewinding the tape pretty much gives the gives yeah. it away. Uh, Emily's like, what's a tape? What's a tape? I know what a tape is. <laughs> so who was one teen idol you remember from that time? And what kind of influence do you think that entertainer had on popular culture? Jonathan. Oh, man. Uh, you know, and, and this wasn't mine, but let me just tell you, in eighth grade, every girl started dressing like Madonna because when her album came out, you know, I mean, you know, all borderlines went away. It was like uh-huh. every girl was they, wearing... They were all on holiday, weren't they? Oh, my goodness. They wanted to be a lucky star. They were like oh wearing goodness. lingerie on the outside of their clothes. My Jewish friends were wearing crucifixes. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> they were... It, it was... Uh, everything was completely changed by this woman. So it's it's funny when people say... You know, oh, how much effect does music have? But, you know, music just has such a huge effect because kids are listening to it over and over again. And even back then, they'd throw on the tapes and that's what they went to bed listening to everything. Madonna had a huge impact on youth culture, you know, when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, you know, I think uh, when I think of, of pop idols, I get a little bitter. Because you weren't one? Because I wasn't one. <laughs> I think uh, what I remember back when, when I was in, in junior high, middle school, that type of age, all the girls had all these Duran Duran posters oh, yeah. covering their oh, lockers, yeah. covering their bedrooms. I I blame Duran Duran for my very, very poor dating life back then. I think it was just <laughs> Duran Duran just sort of took over the entire middle school that yeah, I was at. I mean, yeah, totally. if you could have just had a La in your name. Paul La- Exactly, exactly. I, <laughs> Simon Le Bon. <laughs> that was awesome. And now, you see, my wife, actually, my wife still listens to Duran Duran. Right. Clearly, you They're don't. actually better than I gave them credit for. I mean, they are actually a real band. Because you hated them. I hated them. So in your town, did they, did they call the fans Durannies? That's what we call them, Durannies. <laughs> I don't think now, we were that, that was cool. just your town, bro. <laughs> okay, just my town. Sack town. 
So I'm actually young enough that um, Teen Idols... Your Teen Idol's still alive? No, <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> still an idol. Well, yeah, no, um, I'm young enough that I was actually a teen when Justin Bieber came on the scene and became a teen idol. Um, I think we're only like a year apart in age. Uh, so you but- are clearly, you have set yourself up as the expert for this conversation. Ooh, so did you oh, have, I hope not. <laughs> did you have Justin Bieber posters on your no, wall? No, no, I've actually, I actually never had posters like that. I, I was more of a movie person, so I had movie posters mm. up. But I remember uh, me and two of my best friends were really obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. When I was in high school. Yeah, oh, yeah like, yeah. oddly obsessed. Um, but I also remember that Miley Cyrus was really big when I was in high oh, school. Sure, Selena sure. Gomez, Demi Lovato, just all the Disney darlings. So. Yeah. All right. Wow. wow. Well, as I thought back to my teen years, I was listening to a lot of rock and metal, and but most of those guys weren't teenagers. They don't really fit the teen idol. No. Uh, para- no, they were all old by then. Paradigm. Yeah, it was it was creepy <laughs> from the get go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking about Debbie Gibson. Everybody remember oh, Debbie yeah. Gibson? Totally. Debbie. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Look it up on the internet. She <laughs> only, had tapes. Only me and Adam, I guess. <laughs> That no. wasn't, I, I think we're alone now. Is that no, her? that was Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany was sort of like the anti-Debbie Gibson. Gotcha. They kind of had is. like celebrity death match, you know? <laughs> uh, no, but Debbie Gibson was really nice. And the interesting thing about her was she had the best kind of overprotective stage mom who was really kind of worried about how being a pop star would affect her. And yeah. she had like two or three albums and then... Boom. She was gone. And yeah. and her family played a role, I think, in helping her get through that brief moment of fame without being totally corrupted and destroyed by it. You know, we talk about with great power comes great responsibility. And, yeah. and yeah. obviously in our culture, when you're a teen idol, you have great power. And I think that's actually a pretty good segue into our conversation about Justin Bieber. Because here is a guy who, you know, came up making videos on the internet. He was this fresh-faced boy next door Canadian moppet and I use that word <laughs> really really affectionately. I mean when you look back and and look at the early pictures of Justin Bieber, I mean he, he had, had this swoosh. he had this hair that practically covered Everybody his eyes. Everybody was getting that haircut, right? And it was oh, crazy. Absolutely. And so yeah, yeah. here you have this kid, not not Paul cuz <laughs> My hair was gone by then. <laughs> Paul doesn't actually have any hair in that particular spot. Um, but uh, Justin just exploded on the scene. And um, I think, Paul, you had maybe just started working here and I yeah. was working here. So I feel like we have covered Justin's career hmm. in its entirety. And at first it was sort of like, oh, look at the cute Canadian kid from YouTube. And then all of a sweet, sudden, sweet, innocent, you know, <laughs> yes, you talk yes, about exactly, exactly. He would talk about Jesus, and uh, and and you just watched him grow up in the spotlight. And in the thirteen years since then, which, frankly, that makes me feel older than anything right. in this conversation yeah. so far. You can think um, about Emily being twelve years old or whatever. Wow. <laughs> All right, it's just Whatever. getting too personal and too mean <laughs> all at the same time. Um, but we've watched Justin go from being the cute little sweet teeny bopper to starting to you know become a little bit more edgy and naughty, sure. and then just straight off the cliff with really bad things happening with Lamborghinis and countries in South America. And, and there was this whole season where it felt like we didn't actually hear much about Justin's music at all. 
it was just all of the really bad things he it's was all doing. The antics. You know, the yeah, antics yeah. and the tabloid stuff. Um, I mean, Paul and I did some of those things too, but nobody cared about us, so we right. never actually exactly. ended up in the tabloids. Yeah, no one um, knew about my pet, pet monkey. Nobody no. cared. <laughs> you had a pet monkey. <laughs> You had a pet monkey? <laughs> no, not really. Maybe not. <laughs> so in the last couple of years, though, um, Justin has, I think, begun to grow out of, of some of the wildness of that crazy teen phase where everything he was in the news for was was bad news. And, and obviously his relationship with Selena Gomez was another that was a train wreck. Really big deal, too. And, and sort of, you know, are they going to get back together or not? Uh, but he has continued to mature out of that. And he's just released his seventh album. And I think it's appropriately named Changes. Uh, Justin's now 26. And change is really definitely evident here. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those keeping score at home, Justin is now officially statistically bigger than Elvis. This was his seventh number one, which it came in at number one about a week before he turned 26. And it took Elvis until he was 26 to have seven number ones. So, I mean, it's kind of staggering to think of of what he has done here. I think that's interesting because I think I know more Elvis songs than I do Justin Bieber songs. Which I think is to your credit. We can... Well, we can take a poll on that, I guess. And I think it actually says something about the changing face of music, but that's yeah, a different podcast. That is a different know? podcast. So I want to start today with a little bit of a retrospective look at Justin Bieber's career. Let's roll back the clock to 2008 or so. What would you say made Justin's rise to fame so different than pretty much anything that we had seen before his arrival on the scene? You know, I think for me, the the thing that struck me as as I was a fresh-faced plugged in employee kind of like Justin kind of like Justin exactly with less hair was that he really was the first YouTube star right okay he he yeah, moved yeah. into this space through YouTube. He gained all of his popularity there, and I I know that that's fairly common now. Right, but but it it felt like it was um, it was really a fresh new thing that we had not seen before, um, and and I think that that. <sighs> The kid had some talent, and I think that yeah. YouTube was the conduit where that talent was known. Instead of getting a record deal or whatever that you would have done in, in years gone by, um, he it was an organic type of, of yeah. fame that he got. It really was organic. That's a great word for it. Paul, I'm really glad you brought that up because it's funny how commonplace that is now. I mean, our listeners know that when we were talking about, you know, Billie Eilish, that, you know, that, you know, we're now seeing, you know, some of the biggest stars where they were discovered by first posting their stuff, you know, online on either YouTube or SoundCloud or wherever. So it's interesting that he did that. But man, the other thing too is, I mean, this kid kind of had it all. I mean, he had good songs. He was, you know, all the girls thought he was adorable. You know, parents thought he was adorable. Um, good voice. You know, sometimes there's stars high, that come out. It that, was high. Yeah, well, yeah. it was it was before he had puberty. You got to give him yeah, a little yeah, break. No, but I mean, he he literally kind of was the whole package. And so I think just right away, you know, I mean, that's why people were snatching him up. And and that's probably a segue into the next conversation of you know what happened because you know you start to see him hanging out with Ludacris hanging out with Usher, hanging out with all these guys who were these stars at the time who were singing about, you know, going to the club and picking up on girls. And, hey, one thing led to another, and that's what Justin started you know, doing. He was it's like, hey, this, this, is what, this is what stardom is all about. But, yeah, it started because, honestly, the guy, you know, he, 
man, he had, he had good music. He had the whole package. Well, and, and Justin's career started the way so many do, you know, with this sort of explosion of interest and innocence and talent all converging simultaneously online, as we have been talking about. And one of the interesting things that happens so often with these young stars is they're immediately elevated to role model status. Uh, and I think it's because parents are hungry for a clean cut, not naughty, you know, yes. person that their kids can be interested in. Sure. And that happened. And so I want to ask just the, the question about that phenomenon. Why do you think uh, that we're so quick to do that when we know that it so often doesn't turn out well? If I could chime in here, I'm not a parent, but I think it's because we, as teens, we're already so invested in the life of that person. Like, we're the ones who are super interested in Justin Bieber. We're the ones who are listening to his music and following him on social media. And if we're already so invested in his career and his life and everything, then it's and he's, you know, doing well and he's showing that he can be a good role model, then it's easier, I think, for parents to be like, yes, he is a good role model. No, I agree, uh, Emily. It's one of those things where I think parents constantly find themselves, you know, so tired. And so it's it's hard to constantly monitor what your kids are watching and listening to. And honestly, as a parent, when you see the glimpse of something clean, you're kind of like, yes, because at the time, you know, I mean, think about it. There, there, there wasn't a lot of clean options. So when we see like a Jonas Brothers or a Miley Cyrus or a Bieber back at that time, we're like, hey, these guys are clean and they got some Christian influence. Yes. Listen to them, please. You know. Don't listen to the Black Eyed Peas, you know, or whatever. We were excited, you know, that they're listening to something good. So, yeah, no, exactly. Well, you mentioned the Christian influence, too. That's I think that's important here. Uh, Justin Bieber's mom, Patty Millette, uh, has been very outspoken about her faith. We have actually had a chance to talk to her sort of mid-Justin career. It's been a number of years ago now. And, and so especially when you throw a little bit of Jesus in the mix, and that might sound like a little bit crass to even put it that way, but it's like... Oh, good. They're talking about Jesus, too. And, and all of those stars you mentioned, and Selena Gomez, too, early on, talked a lot about Jesus, you know? Mm. And so I, I think that that's like, oh, they're talking about Jesus. They've they've got to be good, right? Right, yeah. right, right. And and I think that we often forget um, that, that faith— is a journey, especially when you're that young. You know, I think that 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 all of us, many of us, have had experiences when when we were teens. We we thought about faith in a certain way. You sort of come into your college years, your young adult years. You start to think about your faith in a little bit different way. Yeah, and then you have to reclaim it as time goes on. And I think that that sometimes as as parents, we forget that these young stars, these stars that are talking about their faith, they're also sort of in that period you know right. when they're when they're young they take and embrace their their parents ideal of faith very very heartily but then they have to make it their own and that can be a really painful really jarring process i well, think and we forget that they're not fully formed human beings right. i think that we right. think sometimes because when stars are in the spotlight that they have it all together that they have a level of maturity that they, in fact, don't have yet. And one of the things that's been interesting with Justin is he occasionally has these moments of, of self-reflection. In the last couple of years, he has talked at length 
about practically everything in his life. He's talked about faith. He's talked about marriage, Mm -hmm. sex, drugs. I thought it would be interesting to read just a couple of of the quotes because they're, they're so interesting and insightful and packed with stuff to talk about and then just kick them around. And the first one I want to read deals exactly with that. Uh, In September 2019, uh, he said to his 129 million followers, I mean, like if if Team Justin were a nation, it would be like the fourth biggest on earth. Uh, (laughs) He said this, he said, have you noticed the statistics of child stars in the outcome of their life? There is an insane pressure and responsibility put on a child whose brain, emotions, frontal lobes, decision-making aren't developed yet. But when you add the pressure of stardom, it does something to you that is quite unexplainable. As my talent progressed and I became ultra-successful, it happened within a strand of two years. My whole world was flipped on its head. I went from a 13-year-old boy from a small town to being praised left and right by the world with millions saying how much they loved me and how great I was. By 20, I made every bad decision you could have thought of and went from one of the most loved and adored people in the world to one of the most ridiculed, judged, and hated in the world. So Mm. what do you hear in that quote? What stands out to you? Many things. Um, Many things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gosh, I I sympathize for child stars because, you know, when you're you mentioned it earlier, you and Paul, you know, made mistakes when you were teenagers. The difference is you didn't have the world watching you. What every mistake that a child star makes is just highlighted and put on billboards and everything. And there are these adults, newscasters across the country who are sitting there talking about your mistake and they don't know you. Intimately, they don't know, you know, that you're trying really hard to get past that mistake. They don't see the good that you do every day. So all they see is, oh, well, Justin, you know, got in trouble with the Lamborghini again or whatever it is. (laughs) That only happened to me once. (laughs) No, not at all. Yeah. Nobody says, oh, there's there's Adam here. Let's talk about this. You know, as a teenager, if you made a mistake in high school, you really only got ridiculed until your best friend made a similar mistake. And then the, <laughs> and then the attention shifts to your best friend or whoever right. it is. Um, That's when a you're, great point. The, the pool of teen stars, though, is so much smaller. Yep. And so you have to wait so much longer for that to shift. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the other things that's in the mix here is just the money. Right. You know, honestly, you have the ability to make so much bigger mistakes when you have millions upon millions of dollars. And when you and when your fame and celebrity gives you a lot of freedom to go places that a lot of other teens wouldn't. Well, and, and I think related to that, when you're making that kind of money, you got lots of people around you that are sort of just hoping that they can ride on your coattails. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you, hey, that's a really bad idea because they're enjoying the perks of the money that, you know, this teen star is providing them. Right, Sure, the entourage is loving every minute of it. You know, he used the word the pressure, and it's interesting because that's a word we're starting to hear a lot, and it's funny because he was before the time of TikTok and and now where we live in a world where 86% of Gen Z wants to be an influencer, so there's this (laughs) huge idea of like, I can be a star, you know, like Justin was. And um, last week on the news, there was a TikTok young guy, 16 year old kid named Sam, who basically doesn't want to be on TikTok anymore. And the reason why is he gave the same word that Justin just said right there is the pressure. He couldn't handle it. He says, man, you know, because basically his numbers weren't doing like what they should have been and he couldn't handle it. And he literally said, I had to start going to therapy. 
because this whole yeah. thought of when am I going to measure yeah. up? And, and that's a lot to put on a young kid. And I think it was a lot for Justin. Well, and it's a lot of pressure in all kinds of different ways. It's the pressure to keep the machine going. It's the pressure of what critics are saying about you. It's the pressure of comparison. And, and you're Living not... Living up to your fans' expectations. Exactly. And, and I know that his mother has talked about at times during the darkest points where she felt really estranged from him. And so here mm. you had, I think, a well-intentioned mother who was really outspoken about her faith, who sort of saw her son get sucked into this vortex of stuff. And... He just kind of had to ride it out. And so thankfully, he, I think, is beginning to come out the other side. Um, he got married to Haley Baldwin, now Haley Bieber, um, about a year ago and has been talking a lot about um, looking back at that period of time and, and what it was like and the lessons that he's learned. And um, it's interesting. Uh, he's talking some about sex and marriage. And so last year he said, uh, looking back on sort of his experience there, God doesn't ask us not to have sex for him because he wants rules and stuff. He's like, I'm trying to protect you from hurt and pain. I think sex can cause a lot of pain. Sometimes people have sex because they don't feel good enough because they lack self-worth. Women do that and guys do that. I wanted to rededicate myself to God in that way because I felt it really was better for the condition of my soul. And I believe that God blessed me with Haley as a result. So what do you think of Justin's perspective here? This is just so awesome to hear because, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, and, and man, just shout out to Justin here because he endured so much ridicule from Christians, so much, so much judgment. And, and I remember, you know, as, and parents constantly at parent workshops, they were saying, you know, gosh, what do I do with this? My kids want to listen to this, but he's such a bad influence and it's hard because we want to go in guard mode and, and, and guard, you know, our children from this. But it was funny because even when Justin started coming around saying some of this good stuff, there were Christians. I was teaching this youth worker workshop and I, and I actually was posting some of these quotes and I was saying, look at this, is, this is some good stuff and we should keep praying for Justin. And I remember this one guy going, nope, it's all fake. It's all. And he was just adamant that Justin was like the beast or something. And I don't And the beebs, I tell He's you, the beebs, not the yeah, beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, man, this, I think is a, is a good, I mean, this is something that youth workers can use to talk about relationships and sex and dating because what an awesome thing that Justin, you know, has learned and for an icon to say something like this. And I think the silver lining of this is we need to be careful because, you know, when we see Kanye West and all these different people kind of, you know, being changed by God, sometimes we're so quick to judge, so quick to ridicule. And we as Christians need to just remember, man, how Jesus treated, you know, sinners when he encountered them, sinners like us. And, and we need to have that grace. And sure, it doesn't mean we shouldn't protect our kids, but this is exciting stuff to see Justin talking truth like this. Yeah. And I, I think that when you look at someone like Justin, we also have to remember that his journey isn't done. Right. You know, he's still, what, 26 years old? He's now, 26. Right? He's still I mean, growing. He's still changing. There are going to be some like moments. <laughs> really? Come and, on, man. And I think that, that we are so eager to, to use... we. 
we commoditize our celebrities and we think we purchase them off the shelves and there they are. Ah, that's but a they great are point. people and they change and they grow and sometimes they, they fall back uh, and they're going to disappoint us as time goes on and they're going to encourage us as time goes on too. And I think that we just have to be mindful that these are people on a journey just like we all are. And, and, and I think that it's just so easy as parents and as consumers of entertainment that we forget that. I think that's exactly right. And I think even with his music, let me just stop and make a, an observation about his most recent album, Changes. Um, I want to stand up and applaud for him walking away from some really reckless things and glorification of casual sex. And just, I mean, he got yeah, pretty deep yeah, into sure. the kind of things we don't want our kids listening to music wise. And and again, on the upside, there's you know references to God. There are references to his faith. And uh, most importantly, in some ways, I think that he's really saying marriage is what matters. My wife is what matters. And and so, so I awesome. love that. Uh, and yet there are still a number of lines on this album where I feel like I'm learning things about their, you know, intimacy <laughs> that I don't think I want to know. And so I can't quite say, hey, we're like everybody get back on board the Justin Bieber bandwagon because it's all awesome. There are still some things that I think he needs to learn about maturity and appropriateness. Uh, and I don't want to sound like a school marm and a scold, uh, but there's stuff here that uh, I was like, oh, there's still some problems to navigate here. Well, it's it's definitely awkward, especially since the majority of his audience, I think, is still teenagers. Um, and not we, married. Yeah, and <laughs> certainly not married. And I think it can be a little awkward because he is an adult. And so for him, he's probably looking at this like, well, I'm an adult. I can talk about this stuff in a mature way. And so it's, he's putting that into his music, not maybe not thinking necessarily about the fact, wait, there's a 13-year-old out there who's still listening to this who maybe doesn't need to hear this. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's hard because, I mean, honestly, people are going to differ on that. I, I think nobody wants to talk, you know, like sexually explicit to 13 year olds but i think you know sometimes 26 year olds when they're singing they think hey why can't i be singing to 26 year olds and you know and they might cite hey why is you know we got song of solomon in the bible and we don't you yeah, know edit that exactly. out for for our children you know it's right. up to the children to do that so i think for but we're him, also not thinking, probably doing that in like eighth grade sunday school either you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly and, and parents and and that's where parents would have this discernment but you know i think he's excited about hey here's some intimacy within marriage which is such huge leaps from his right. earlier videos and things so so no I I I like your pushback but I think sometimes again we can be so quick to judge and go what are you doing this for and stuff and he's like man I'm talking about good stuff that the Bible talks about right. in marriage and the Bible isn't afraid to talk about this well, and, and so maybe that's where he's coming from and I totally agree with that and I love the fact that he's talking about sexuality in a a really positive and biblical way uh, but I still think that there's a line between saying this is good and rich and what God designed and anatomical details that cause me to picture things that I don't need in my head. And we haven't completely sort of moved to the point of maturity where that's for you and your wife, Justin. I don't actually need to know that detail. I do think that, that when you're talking about this, though, this is where parents come in, right? This is where, where parents can help guide the conversation. They can help guide their children through some of these issues. You know, I think that, that creators like Justin, they're going to talk about things that are important to them and, and to, to, 
kind of put the shackles on them is probably not fair to them as an artist. Right. But I still think that you're absolutely right, Adam, that, that you need to have parents, moms and dads who are guiding their kids through some of these conversations that some of this music can bring up. Yeah. And I think especially with musicians, even with Christian musicians, sometimes I'll hear lines that I'm like, oh, that's not quite right. And so I think um, I love Justin's trajectory at this point. I hope he is through the worst of the wildness, of the rebellion, of the experimentation. My sincere hope for him is that the mature things that we're seeing in his life really stick and deepen and become an even better platform for him to talk about this stuff. But there's no guarantee. And I don't say that as a as a pessimist. I say that as a realist. Um, and so our role as parents is to come alongside, to be engaged, to be helping our children think about uh, how this stuff is influencing them, how it's influencing their worldview, how it's influencing their perspective, how it's influencing what they think is right and wrong and normal and good. And so I'm, I'm thankful that there's more stuff that Justin is saying these days that I can say, man, amen. But it's not, you know, <laughs> amen to just quite everything in the way that he is expressing it today. Well, thanks for tuning in to our conversation about Justin Bieber. Actually, there's so much more that we could talk about, uh, but I think that that's going to do it for today. And if you have thoughts or feedback about our podcast, let us know. You can email us with your thoughts at team at com. And, you know, if you have heard something or read something about Justin that you think, man, I really wish they would have talked about that. Let us know. Tell us about that. We want to hear from you. And you'll also find review links and also some links to some of the quotes that we've talked about today on the episode page for today's conversation. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, be sure to do that wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. We want you all to be a part of this conversation. So the more the merrier. We hope you have enjoyed our conversation about Justin today. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next week on The Plugged In Show.